0: you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about. Hey, it's Matthew, dropping in to say thanks for listening. We've hit over 500 episodes, countless conversations, bringing you into a book, into the life of the author or illustrator who committed to that story. And it's changed me in a lot of ways over these six years to be doing these interviews. It's opened up my eyes. I feel like it's opened up the world a little bit more. And certainly it's opened up my conversation with children in my library. Every September, I offer the opportunity to support the Children's Book Podcast uh, in whichever way feels most comfortable to you, through a donation, through lifting up the podcast, through Twitter and Facebook and social media, telling a friend, all of those tools that help the podcast keep going, that help the podcast reach new ears, that show that you stand with the work that I'm doing here. So you've heard me say all month about this, I can just tell you right now to find the show notes for this episode, scroll down, and there'll be links to support over Patreon, or to support over PayPal. But what I really need you to hear is that it matters to me that you're listening right now. I feel like we're at a time in children's literature when these conversations are more important than ever, and you're listening in, and I see you participating online in response to these and other conversations. And that, to me, is the most amazing thing, to see that validation of the work that I'm doing here, but more importantly, the validation and support of the work of the authors and illustrators um, that come on this show, as well as working in children's literature at large. So this September note is to say thank you for the way you stand behind children's literature, for the way you believe in story, and for the way you see children in the work that all of us are doing. Thanks.
1: Yeah, these moments that we get to talk about the things that we love with people that you are interested in the things that we do. Like, Isha and I only met for the first time in January, and we're so compartmentalized in what we do, and so it's so nice to have these moments
0: to talk. Circles. Sometimes we say we feel like we're running in circles as a way of expressing that it feels like we're talking about or doing the same thing over and over without actually accomplishing anything. But sometimes, the way we live life and hold on to dreams and go on life journeys can actually create circles too, where what started as a thought or dream comes later to fruition in a way that adds resonance and a deeper meaning. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 538. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm speaking with debut picture book author Ishta Mercurio and illustrator Jen Karachi about Small World, their new book together. The story circles around Nanda, a girl who dreams of space. As Nanda grows, her experience of the world, and also her view of the world, grows. And in that way, it's a story of expanding circles. Like tossing a stone into a pond and observing the ripples move outward. Isha talks of searching for those right words that feel good in your mouth. The result is a poetic text that mimics in feeling the patterned and precise and vibrant illustrations Jen created. I'll confess that I'm quite in love with this book and how each and every page lands, but having the opportunity to have Ishta and Jen tell their story of how they found themselves in this book was something altogether moving. Please welcome my guests, Ishta Mercurio, and Jen Karachi, the author and the illustrator of Small World.
2: My name is Ishta Mercurio, and my pronouns are she, her, or they, there. Either of those work for me. Uh, And I am a children's author um I homeschooled my children for six years, my own kids. Um, so uh, that that I've always had an interest in uh, childhood development, in um, especially the development of young children. And I think that that feeds a lot into my work as a writer, um, as in terms of guiding the stories I choose to tell and how I choose to tell them and why I tell them. Um, that that's that those six years of homeschooling my kids were were really really central for me. It was a, a big a big important time for me. And before that, I worked with young children. And before that I trained in theater and I, I still sometimes take dance classes or theater classes just to keep those muscles working. But mostly, I I like to tell stories. Stories are the the thing that have been the the through line of my life. Is telling story somehow through my body, through my voice, through my words.
1: Uh, I am Jen Karachi. My pronouns are she/her. Uh, I am a freelance illustrator, primarily working in children's books. I've been doing this since easily 2003. Um, and then I currently also spend some time adjuncting at UConn teaching illustration. Um, and teaching is something that's in my family line. My brother teaches, my dad teaches. Um, and teaching illustration to students is, um, it brought me back around to having me understand why illustration and storytelling and visual storytelling is important to me.
0: Jen Karachi, that's wonderful to know that, <laughs> that you both have this great love of connecting to to children of different ages, to sharing story, uh, to expressing yourself that way. I like that. That's cool. And I yeah. heard a puppy in the background from someone, and I did not oh, hear mention was... <laughs> of who has a dog, but I like it.
2: That was my dog, Rocket. He's <laughs> he'll be four next month and he has a big voice I think he's (laughs) I'm upstairs in my office in the corner of the house and I think he was probably downstairs in the living room but you know probably someone was walking their dog outside and gosh my microphone must be really sensitive for you to have picked that up that's I mean right yeah (laughs) gotta
0: say hi to the other dogs (laughs) where am I dogs at I'm gonna regret that I said that um, so <laughs> moving on moving on um you both have this gorgeous picture book together one that I I've I've, I've been so excited about because it's beautiful Ishter, you're part of the what is the group called 19 something 19. oh new and new in 19 there it is I know it was yes. a something in 19 and so yes I've, I've heard of because I've helped with uh, Twitter chats and things like that. I've 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 been aware that you have had a book coming out, and I see you on Twitter. It's a thing, mm-hmm. but to hold this book in my hand and to realize that it's telling me something about you and something about Jen when I when I read it is something altogether special. Would you mind introducing a little I don't know a little book talk of Small World for those that haven't encountered your book yet?
2: Yeah, sure. So Small World follows a little girl named Nanda. And when she's born, the whole of the world is wrapped in the circle of her mother's arms. Safe, warm, small. And as she grows, her experience of the world grows and the world as she understands it grows until she grows so much and And she explores so far that she goes to space. And from space, she sees that the world is once again small. So it's a book about a lot of things. It's a book about dreaming big for your future. But it's also a book about finding our place in the universe and and coming to terms with that smallness and, and feeling that it's okay.
0: I think that... Okay, so I I don't know how else to say this other than tying it into another picture book that I love for the same emotional reason. There's this picture book by Scott Campbell, Scott C., and it's called The Hug mm-hmm. Machine. There's a line that I tell all of my students, um, which is that in this picture book, if either of you know of it or not, it's about a, a, a kid who's a hug machine, goes around hugging everything, and the greatest line about this child's hugs is, Uh, My hugs make the big feel small and the small feel big. And I experienced that reading your story that and reflecting on my own childhood and and imagining the childhood of, of what my kids are going through that the world feels so big and yet so small at the same time. Um, And as you grow, you realize, as you're saying, just how much, bigger it is but also Mm -hmm. kind of how much smaller it is it's sort of a a funny paradigm that it works that way uh but to have it told in a in a narrative that that is circular it circle literally circles back on itself your language circles back on itself and Mm -hmm. and have it be spiraling in that way of 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 rippling out of 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 spiraling outwards and also pulling tightly to the center at the same time there's a tension that you've innately established in your in your narrative that i think is really alluring and beautiful and makes me want to this is also jen's fault makes me want to not (laughs) turn the page because i just want to live on the page with your words you've really you've really been quite selective of your words i don't know how else to say it other than these are this is some of the richest poetry i've read each time. i don't even i clearly can't even articulate but you, oh. you you hold such beautiful tension i'm gonna read to you if i can i just read to oh, you oh thank you That'll yes yes okay. please do if so i read and jen can i read to you we can both we can all read together uh. <laughs> it says <clears throat> when nando was born the whole of the world was wrapped in the circle of her mother's arms, safe, warm, and small. But as she grew, the world grew too. It became the circle of her loving family, a bubble of giggling playmates and slides and swings and whirly gigs and tumbles through the grass. Nanda got bigger and bigger, but as she grew, the world grew too. And that's a refrain you come back to a couple times. Yeah. So I thought that would be a nice place just to leave it hanging. But I think yeah. that that excerpt, just the start of that book, gives you a really good sense of, of the poetry that you're tapping into in life. So I, I wonder before I jump into how eloquently, and I'm, I'm choosing that word on purpose, how eloquently Jen's art brings to life your words. I wonder if your text was always this way. Did you always imagine this story being a sort of circular poem?
2: You know what? I did. I I I always imagined it as a circular story, but the poetry came in revisions. It was originally not quite as, and I think this is what made the difference between Something that was lovely and something that was really special was when I started, there was a point in my revision process when I started to make a conscious choice to be as precise as possible and keep the word count as low as possible. And so there was always that refrain and the story always circled back on itself in terms of the, the language. But, you know, I, I, I made a decision to choose, you know, the rule about, you know, you can't have art notes. And so I thought, how can I, how can I make it possible to, because originally it had lots of art notes and I, I knew I needed to strip them out. And I thought the way to strip these out is to just be extremely precise so, you know what is it about a playground that Nanda would love? She would love the whirly gigs and slides and swings and tumbles through the grass you know i i i I wanted to find a way to make sure that I was communicating to my editor and to my illustrator that you know there's motion here, there's roundness in her motion here there's um so i chose those words specifically because they gave us that sense and and i wanted it to be poetic feeling i wanted the sentences to feel good in your mouth you know
0: i that's like one of my favorite phrases ever to say to people <laughs> words that feel good in your mouth and you just said the thing yeah ah. but it's true those are the best ones right I mean
2: for real yeah when you just want to hold it in there yeah so that's what I was looking for I was looking for that consciously looking for that feeling
0: The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro.fm Audiobooks. So, you know I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I am now being asked pretty regularly what I'm listening to. The answer right now is Strange Birds by Celia Perez, the author of The First Rule of Punk. And I am loving this book about four girls who uh, find a cause to take up in their neighborhood. But also find some conflict between the four of them. It's beautifully written. The girls are, uh, the characters are so wonderfully developed. Um, each with their own voice and their own role to play. I'm only halfway through, but it's been the greatest company on my drive to work and on my daily runs. Uh, the... Typical hopping from book to book is not unusual for me, but I borrow books from my library and sometimes purchase through um, audiobook providers so that I can keep these books that I want to read over and over. When it comes to getting audiobooks, you've got a lot of options. but. Through Libro.fm, you can support local bookstores at no extra cost to you, which is why I make that choice. And listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get a three month audiobook membership for the price of just one month. So go to Libro.fm, that's L I B R O.fm, and enter winner. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I want to hop to you, Jen, and I think I want to do it first by telling you high praise from my nine-year-old for your art. Ready for this? Yeah. So he's my daughter. I think I've mentioned this to you, Ishta, but my daughter has really taken to this book. and It's one of the ones on heavy rotation in our family uh, during bedtime. Oh, But what's unique about that... That's the best. Ishta, we were talking before recording about how our kids are different, right? Yeah. My son only ever wanted to hear a book one time. Once we heard it one time, we were done with it. We already read that book, Daddy. Let's read a different one. Um, Not that he didn't like what he read. He just didn't want to come back to it. And my daughter is one that wants to enjoy it over and over and over. But I'm like, honey, (laughs) Daddy has to review a couple more books. We need to switch out our selections. Um, (laughs) This is one she knows to look for and to ask for. And she calls it the circle book. But my son um, said, and this was just for you, Jen. He said, just tonight when we were rereading it, wow, she must have used her ruler a lot in this book. She must have used her ruler, and like, do they make round rulers, Dad? Because the page (laughs) with the bubbles, she must have used like a round ruler a lot to hear Jen him communicate mm-hmm. the way that his brain was working out your compositions I'm saying it to you because I have never heard my son talk about art the way that he talked about your art in this book you your art enticed him to read your art to examine your process or try to deconstruct your process by 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 looking closely That is not something that my son has articulated ever before. He loves reading comics. He loves telling me that, you know, Kazu Kubuishi's art is gorgeous and let's read all the amulet books and whatever. He loves talking about that. Mm -hmm. But I've never heard him talk composition and just it just felt like, oh, my word, this is going to be the book that like makes him want to draw books. It was just <laughs> neat. I, I'm, I'm still beside myself that that happened. So I know that this is sort of a lofty question to ask, but I, I would mm-hmm. love for you to, to walk me through what 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 walking into this book was like for you. I, I know that, uh, you know, Ishtar was just sharing about going through different manuscript revisions and getting it to this point so we're at the point that there wasn't an illustrator attached to this yet um do you recall what it was like to first read this manuscript or where first sketches started taking you
1: mm-hmm. yeah so that is a phenomenal take that your son has i appreciate that very much
0: <laughs> um i'll let him know you said and that
1: yeah and- <laughs> I used any rulers, and then there was a part where I cursed myself. Where like the bubble scene, I was like, "This is so many circles to paint." And those, <laughs> there, those are turned <laughs> um, so. Um, when I get a manuscript, any manuscript, the ones that appeal to me are things that challenge my either like they interest my the subject matter interests me, or they like, I feel like it's going to challenge how I make art. Um, and I can discover, like, new ways of how I paint or how I draw. Um, and and I've loved every book that I've worked on, um, but when Small World came across my plate, um, the one of the initial things that was said in one of the emails was that they were interested in me because of how I handle pattern and how I can place pattern on pattern. I was like, yeah, that's what I do. Um, it was, I just felt very, like, steadfast in that, that that was something that appealed to me. Um, and so I just sort of, like... On-site was just like, yeah, this is a job for me. And then once I read it over and over again, as I do, as I start to break down illustrations and break the words, of, you know, across certain pages and, and, and paste the book, um, it really spoke to how my brain works with pattern. Cause I have a very sort of um, literal side to me, like a very like steadfast, staunch, conservative-ish visually side to me and I have a very like flaky emotional not that emotions are flaky but like a very feeling sense of me and like when I have structure that gives me a way to explain how I feel and I feel like small world really spoke to who I am as a human um and it felt very natural for me to work on like it didn't feel like a challenge in the sense of like I I learned so much on this book but it felt like what I was doing for this book felt innate to me um and it really I became like I spent the most amount of time working on the final art for this book um and probably about three quarters of the way through with the amount of patterning that I put into it went a little nuts um but it like like, energized me and I like would have to walk away from it for a day so I could just sort of refocus um but yeah it just felt like it seemed like a natural job for me to take. And then once I dived deeper into it, like I knew that it was uh, like somehow cosmically, I suppose, no pun intended, like it was a part of me already.
0: That is so awesome. (laughs) I first off bring on the puns because to feel how they tie (laughs) you to this is so neat. And I, I wrote this down because I love the way you express this. That your your art or your process or however you worded it is sort of this flaky, feely emotions <laughs> paired with conservative structure yeah. that blew my brain up a little bit. I, yeah. I, I I I picture going through Little P by the late Amy Krauss Rosenthal, and what a beautiful pairing it was for you two to be together. And I I picture. Actually, when you said the word conservative, I immediately pictured the birds and how they're sort of dressed and fashioned in telephone that <laughs> you did with Mag Barnett. So it was funny that you used that word, but um, the, the way that the way that you you challenge yourself—I don't know how else to say it—the art in your book looks hard. It looks thoughtful. <laughs> it looks. That page with the bubbles is the greatest thing ever. And okay. Until I turn the page and then see the next spread, then I'm like, no, that's the greatest thing ever. But the page with the bubbles, if, if I'm going to call out any spread at all for people to look at, you've got this thing where there's all these children on sort of the bottom third of the page, and there's all these bubbles on the top two-thirds of the page of various sizes, and the bubbles are sort of grayish, like bubbles kind of are until you get up close and you realize how iridescent they are. But the way you mm-hmm. handle these bubbles is that as they overlap you do that great exercise that I remember from being in elementary school where I would do like all these swirly lines and circles on my paper. And then you color all the overlaps, different colors. But when the two gray bubbles overlap, they become red or they become a green or they become these unexpected colors. And then the greatest thing happens when there are children that you are viewing a child through a bubble and they become of, uh, uh, you know, shades of that blue or that red. It is the most delightful thing to look at. It is, it, the page is meant to convey joy, but I don't know how else to say it. And I'm sure Ishtar could back me up though. But Jen, that, that art itself feels joyous. It makes me feel good inside I am smiling now because I'm (laughs) thinking (laughs) about it and it's an emotional it's an emotional communication that you're 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 carrying out through that art and that that's I don't know why I have to say it this way but like that's an unusual thing that doesn't just happen you did that you did that with your art you did the thing that art teachers talk about making (laughs) someone feel something you totally did that (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, it's totally true. People, when I've, I've been doing bookstore events and people are like, so many people have told me that that's their favorite page, that page and the tree page.
0: Oh, the those tree. are people's
2: favorite page.
0: My daughter thought that the playground, she wanted, and she's four, mind you. She wanted to know if that's a real playground. Actually, Jen, to be fair, she asked if that was your playground because <laughs> Jonah, Jonah was talking about your art. And she said, is that Jen's playground? I'm like, I don't know if that's her playground, but um, she also thought that the slide, um, she wanted to go on the slide because you made it purple. And Jonah said the slide looked dangerous because it goes straight down before yeah. doing the loop. And I was like, y'all are taking this real literally. But not- I wonder also if, and I'm sure you have, but if you've shown readers what's underneath the jacket, because that's also a really delightful thing to, to picture a patterned, a quilted sky, a quilted yes. sunset that way. It's really quite beautiful. It sort of makes me yes. feel, and this ties right into your story, because of those lines, Jen, it makes me feel like mm. I could climb up to the sky. Mm. And I think that pairs really nicely with what goes on in your story.
2: Oh, that's so cool. I didn't even think of that, but that's so, I love that. I'm going to so say, I'm going to write that down. Oh,
0: everything is so round in the story, but the straight lines allow the structure for us to go up, right? She builds, yeah. she's on a roller coaster, which gives you height. She's yes. on a tree, which has these, these uh, collection of straight lines. It's not as, as round as, as some of the other things we see. She um, builds this, Flying machine, this helicopter that is full of these straight lines. There sort of are these straight lines. I think that are there almost as scaffolding when I read it, as scaffolding to to lift her up, to take her up to that next level, yeah, um, where she can see that roundness of everything being connected. It it I think we need we need both. We need it's sort of the yin and the yang of it, isn't it? That we need the round with the edges. 'Cause that's what, what pulls everything together and, and adds nuance and adds structure. Yeah, totally. Totally.
2: Well and I think I mean round shapes just round shapes are everywhere. I I talked a little bit about this um with a few different people. Um I think Jen, you heard me talk about this in January. But you know that we see naturally occurring in nature both these very um it strict in a way. Strict is the word coming to me, but it's kind of the wrong word, but but predictable. Like predictably in nature, we see these mathematical patterns and we see these circles and we see, you know, if you look at the way a tree's branches branch out, you know, that they, they're they're so consistent and they're so it's almost it, it's just amazing to me it's amazing to me that science and math surround us all the time and 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 we do have these circles and lines that are binding everything together but also part of who we are you know the, the shape of ourselves even it it just kind of blows my mind when I think about it
0: I love the attention to detail in that way In this book in the way that I mean I'm thinking of when um, Nanda is on the moon and she's looking up at the earth and um, there's you know the back half has the shadow over it but half Mm -hmm. of it is lit up by the Sun and the other half is in shadow and it it first occurred to me that I don't know that I've ever seen a book that did that other than you know like a nonfiction book that's showing a photo uh, I don't know that I've ever seen it that way, and how beautiful that looked. Um, and also the, well, I, I think just in general all of the compositions you have going, but in particular that that composition with the rocket taking off, and what those clouds look like, and what the the people positioned looking at that rocket look like. There's just so much. I don't know. There's so much here that feels for as much as there is structure, there is spontaneity and looseness. Right? Yes. Um, Yeah. And I think that that's not an easy thing to accomplish in both text when you're choosing those just right words and also in illustration when you're trying to communicate something in those compositions. So I, I, I want to make sure that that I'm acknowledging that for you both that there's something really special going on in this book, and it took everything that I know you both each labored on separately so much um, to get it to just this point, and I'm glad that that you also were able to exercise the restraint of of, of holding the tension just where it is right now. That that is what became the book, because it's beautiful. Mm. Thank you.
2: That rockets the way the smoke is billowing out from the rocket, Jen. On that spread, blew Mm -hmm. my mind. It absolutely. (laughs) I I don't know how you do that. Yeah, but it's
1: amazing. In a book where I practice something before I put in the final art, you feel like like go for it, and what works out works out, and like if there's like happy accidents, I just make it work. But that was like. There are certain parts in each spread where it's like, this is like, my brain is like, this is what makes sense for the spread. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And so to have this sort of like flattened foreground of these characters watching that launch and having this very organic plume happen and looking at a lot of photos of like space shuttle launches, like I practiced those clouds. They didn't want to get it wrong. And I wanted to have this balance of just sort of like this like inorganic. You know structural shuttle and this organic sort of like plume of you know smoke and fumes and things like that uh was important for me on that page and like how it's lit
0: um how it's lit is beautiful and i also found jen that that was the that appeared to me to be the loosest thing you drew it looks the most to me like i can see your pencil Mm-hmm. I can see your line work. Whereas everything else feels, it feels so beautifully patterned and structured and, and, and shaped. And that just feels like smoke. It just feels like billowing, like air. You, you kept a lightness to it.
1: But that's sort of like, you know, it's like that important moment of like this breakthrough for this person's life is like reach that moment. Like that's that epic moment where they're leaving the surface of one planet to go to the next. Um, and I think, Thing. and you know like when I draw like when I do my sketches for books like I love the pencil lines so much like my hand is just much looser and I get so much more in this look where like maybe the more conservative or like controlled side like when I paint it just feels a little bit for me stiffer Um. so yeah just be able to have like that more flowy feel um, felt really great on that page and
2: mm-hmm. that's what's so striking about it is that contrast between that it, it was like it was like you'd taken a piece of a Renaissance painting or a photograph and put it like a photograph of actual billowing smoke. Yeah, you know, like as you said, Matthew, it's just so organic looking. It's so mm-hmm. real looking.
0: And you use it just at that one point, and that's yeah. the restraint, that tension that I'm talking about. That could have been, that could have been worked in in many other places, but the fact that it's, it's just there makes, makes it catch your eye. It, I think it really nods to, to your talent and your voice as an artist. I want to, I want to ask Jen what your process looks like when you, when you are, are laying out your art. Um, I can picture <laughs> probably cause I, I write words. I can picture Isha writing and <laughs> changing words and cutting things out and doing all that but when you when when you're drawing before you go to ink i I understand that you have this sketchbook that you work out mm-hmm. different things, but for this book in particular did you did you in rough sketches lay out all of the spreads did you have a pretty good sense of what circles look like going from spread to spread before you really started breaking down these compositions
1: i did um and it's the one uh the it's it's one of the very few books that I saw immediately and like my really rough sketches that I first turned in aren't that much different from what is in the book. Um, and there was a couple different edits and we shortened a few things. Um, but yeah, like I understood the struct, like that I understood the structure of the book and I understood like how shapes grow and my brain likes to work in patterns. Um, I saw it pretty clearly I didn't know what it was going to look like or how I was going to like the, the color choices I was going to make. Like the color choices that I made in that book were a surprise to me. Um, but knowing that Nanda uh, was Indian and thinking like I've traveled to India and I know the colors there and like what that vibrancy looks like. um, I've never really allowed myself to be that colorful in either my like, sort of like gallery work or my book work. And so and it just felt like, I don't know, I put a lot of um, I, don't know, I felt like it took a lot of the, like these chances that just felt natural in the book. Like I would feel like my brain would be like, "This is the color you're gonna choose for this background." And I was like, like in the dinner scene, that bright, bright yellow. Was like, yellow. Yep. Yellow. And was like, what? What? And I was like, no, that's what it is. And I was like, okay.
0: I love hearing that. Not that this book wasn't work, but that it feels like the muse, the story, the inspiration, whatever it was, just spoke to you and you were able to hear the voice. It's Mm -hmm. that sort of clarity that that I think reminds us all that this is the this is the thing I'm supposed to be working on. And Mm -hmm. I I think that as as artists or as creatives, that's something we hope to accomplish to help remind us that we're on the right track. Um, And so I'm glad that that's something that that spoke to you. Hey Ishta, do do you remember first hearing about about the artist that they were considering, or or any of that? I know that that looks different for every single book and every single author, but do you do you remember that moment when Jen was like the one paired with the book?
2: Oh my god, yes! I was. It was relief. <laughs> I was so relieved because <laughs> because well, I mean, I have friends who are illustrators, right? So I know sometimes you get busy. Sometimes you. Sign on to a book, but it's not announced for months and months and months, and yes. and so and and when uh, Tamar, who Tamar Braz, Tamar Brazis who edited book? the
1: book, I didn't know yeah, that. this
2: is a this is a Tamar book, Wonderful. and and so and 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 we had a big, we actually had a really big conversation about you know who will illustrate this book, and she wanted to know whose art I had had around me while I was writing. Um, What art I had had sort of floating around in the back of my mind as I was choosing these words. And 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 then we threw around some names and she sent me a bunch of portfolios and I sent her a bunch of portfolios. And there was always kind of something where, you know, she would say, I like these things, but this is the thing that gives me pause. Or I would say I like these things, but this is the thing that gives me pause. And then she sent me Jen's portfolio and I knew Jen's work on the little P series. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I love her stuff. But I remembered it as mostly like spots with a lot of white space. And I thought, well, that's a really interesting choice. Cause we had talked about a lot of full bleed work. And, and then I opened Jen's portfolio and I was just, there was this, I remember it so clearly. There was this um, picture of people in a forest and, I could see every single leaf on every single tree and every single shrub and I could identify the plants and I could and and it was just so detailed and gorgeous and the patterns were all there. And I thought, yes, this is the person this please. And then I thought, please let her say yes, please let her not have (laughs) secretly signed on to like (laughs) a million books. (laughs) Uh And, And and so, so. I was just on pins and needles for a few days when, when I, when I said to Tamar, yes, like, you know, I love her. I love her stuff. I said, I I think I may even have said, tell her that this picture is the picture that I really love. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she probably didn't do that, but. <laughs> <a> picture. <laughs> um, it was a picture. It was one of the pictures in your portfolio of people. And I think they were, having a picnic in the woods. What's interesting is that what I, what I loved about the picture was the woods part and not the people part. What really drew my eye and drew my attention was the woods part. Um, but I loved it. And, and so when she said yes, it was like, Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) I was elated.
0: Well, that's, it's awesome. And, and as said, I, feel like I could talk and talk about this book because there's just something that every time I come back to it, I just, it makes me feel, it makes me feel something big. And I, I I love this story of your world getting bigger as you get bigger, but that it's still your world and your place. And it still holds you, cradles you. I, 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 I think that um, the two of you made a beautiful book together, and I hope that many, many, many people have the opportunity to read it and to feel it and to to feel themselves in it. Thank you both for setting time aside to talk to me tonight.
1: Thank you for talking to us. Ooh, great.
0: Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Matthew. <laughs> Everyone's homework is to go onto Jen's portfolio <laughs> and, <just laughs> and find look that picture. And look. And, you know, buy two copies of Small World so that you can rip up one of them and frame all the all the spreads. Because <laughs> this is one of those books. I don't talk about those very often, but uh, uh the books that make me really grateful that I get um advanced reader copies because I can take out the staples and hang stuff up in my library. <laughs> so beautiful, beautiful work. Um Before I let you go. I know we've been talking a lot about readers and about big worlds and about creating, um, but I want to give you each the opportunity to speak directly to those readers. So we'll end this way. Isha, I'll start with you. I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you?
2: Yes. And I want to say that this world is ours. It's yours and you belong in it. And even on those days when the world feels really big and you feel really small, because we all have those days, even on those days, it's important to remember that you belong here and that you have a place here and that your place here is a place that only you can fill and you're important. No matter what you do with your life, what you're doing is something that only you can do. And it's important that you're here.
0: Thank you, Jen. I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you?
1: Yeah, I would say... I think surround yourself with the best people. And that doesn't mean like they're the most famous or the richest or the prettiest or whatever. But the people that give back to you and feed you, uh, creating a community of support uh, that you can give into and that gives back to you is the most valuable asset that one can have in your life.
3: This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books in children's literature? Check out www.darshani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit children's book podcast is recorded and produced by matthew winner in his library studio in ellicott city maryland you can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast our theme music is by pottington bear care of the free music archive All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed.
0: Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Corina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast.
3: Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's KOKO Sleep and I'll see you there.